When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com, your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome on this day after the Vols with their monstrous record-setting season-opening win against Ball State. If you were up last night, you probably know that Amanda and I were talking about, and we invite you to join us after games throughout the season. So, we have a monster show lined up that we're looking forward to uh, all set to be joined by Caleb Calhoun. That should be a lot of fun. And also want to get your comments on uh, Tennessee last night. So let's go ahead and begin with Down and Dirty at 30. And uh, Amanda LaPrada, uh, we start with Tennessee. Let's get your thoughts uh, on the balls and what they were able to do last night against Ball State. It's pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. I was... Um... I wouldn't say delightfully surprised because obviously I'm a rival fan. However, I would say I would be delightfully surprised if I were a Tennessee fan because I think that they did a very good job. Defense showed up. I mean, two interceptions, it's pretty good for a secondary that you considered, you know, bottom of the SEC last year. So, I mean, very impressive all the way around. Just looked like a, a unit, looked like a team. Looked like, you know, some somebody that wanted to be there, a coach that was ready to to be there. And what surprised me the most, and I thought was the biggest strength of Tennessee, was after the game, you know, where reporters ask you, how do you feel? And you know, what are you expecting for the team coming up? It was a lot of with Hypel going, well, we didn't do this right. We didn't do this right. We didn't do this right. But all, you know, all the way around pretty good. I thought he sounded That's, pretty pleased. No, he was pleased, but also pointing out the mistakes that were made in a 59 to 10 victory, which a lot of people say every time Nick Saban does that, people are like, oh, he's just complaining. Got to find something to complain about. No, it's, that's how you do it. That's how you coach. You look at the mistakes. I'm sorry, the Down and Dirty at 30, excuse me, brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. We want to get to our special guest, Caleb Calhoun, will join us in a bit with uh, OTH Off the Hook Sports. We'll get a, his thoughts on the game last night. Also, Josh Ward will join us of Sports Animal, like right now. The Down and Dirty at 30 brought to you by Honeybee Coffee. Honeybee Coffee is 
absolutely unbelievable. The down and dirty at 30, a couple of things to get to, but I want to get right to Josh. So the Tennessee game last night, we're going to break down Pitt's victory, and they needed some help. There is no question about it and some good fortune. And uh, some news from the Tennessee Titans that's not good. Outside linebacker Harold Landry the third tore an ACL. He had uh, 12 sacks last year, so that's a big loss for the balls. That is monstrous. So we're joined now by Josh Ward of the sports animal as good as there is in the biz we certainly appreciate it josh's appearance is brought to you by zool beer company but first josh you're also you like the zool i brought you the zool but you're also a fan of the honeybee i do love both uh honeybees right down the road from my house the farragut location it's a great setup uh several locations and it's kind of my go-to meeting spots so hey we're out west want to meet up somewhere uh have a quick meeting talk about something just go to honeybee it's easy coffee's great yep good stuff uh so check out uh honeybee and also zool beer company they've got the beer ice cream it's not for kids a great panoramic view downtown josh is thinking man i might be able to put my kids to sleep at night uh, you read my mind dave yes <laughs> yes so um josh Don't uh do it. Again, brought to you by Zool Beer Company. And Zool Beer Company, great panoramic views downtown, worldwide winning, worldwide award winning beer, which is difficult to say. The official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports. All right, Josh, let's get to it. I want to remind everybody to hit that subscribe and like button so we show up in your feed more often. I just want to open it up. Really simple. Your thoughts. You're at the game last night. I think Tennessee probably came out of the win against Ball State with plenty of things that will show up on film that they need to work on while still coming out of a game where they won by 49 points. And I think very quickly it's easy to think about what this offense can do and what Hinden Hooker can do and Cedric Tillman coming back and taking for granted what Tennessee's able to do against a team that was, they were okay enough last year. We'll see having to replace so many players last year, how ball state ends up doing over the course of the season. Physically there's, there's no matchup for ball state against Tennessee, but I think it was kind of the best of both worlds, but Josh Heupel will be able to find plenty of things, probably some along the line of scrimmage mistakes that maybe we didn't catch that were made at different times. I know there's still some, Questions at, at cornerback, where are they going to be exactly? Tamari McDonald making a play early. Kamal Haddon making some plays in the game. Those are guys we talked about in August that are positive. So plenty to work on, and we can't overreact to a performance against a team like Ball State that just can't match up with Tennessee. But we also can remember not so long ago games like this where Tennessee would really have a tough time. Just a year ago coming out of the Bowling Green game, that, you know, that Friday, a lot of the conversation was as if Tennessee lost because there were some pretty glaring issues. Not as many glaring issues this time. I think that is a sign of progress within the program after a year. Josh, we can break down stats and look at the stat sheet, the box score all day long, but I'm going to go with something that's a, a, a little different. I just thought Tennessee's body language looked very good, in particular Hendon Hooker. They just looked far, far, far more comfortable, Josh. I don't think there's any doubt there. Um, and yeah, Hinden probably has some throws. They'll say, man, I, you know, I'm, I missed this or that. And that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Considering what I just said, you're going to find things that you need to work on. Hinden's going to see that as well. But uh, the rapport with Cedric Tillman, I think is obvious. I think the, 
development of Jalen Hyatt, Princeton Fant, and Jacob Warren coming back at tight end. And Hinton's the guy. You know, this time a year ago, he's not a, the starter. When I referenced the Bowling Green game, we were talking about Joe Milton. Now we're talking about Hooker, who had a full offseason to be the guy. So if you want to talk about comfort within the system or the chemistry that the quarterback's been able to develop with his teammates, it, it was there last year as the season went along. And you had veterans like Bayless Jones and Javante Payton, who was a newcomer but had played a lot. So that probably helped. Now you're asking guys to step up in new roles or bigger roles. Brew McCoy's new to the team, but he's he's been in big college programs at USC, that brief stint at Texas. So coming into Tennessee, he does know what's asked of a, of a player, a high-level player in a big-time program. That has to help. And then, and, you know, we spent so much time talking about the culture over the last 18 months or so, and it's a word that's used too often. But I think it does apply to the standard. That's a word that has to apply as well of what's expected day in, day out, internally. Not not externally, not what fans are saying about how many games they need to win. Internally, what needs to be done every day. I think there's a pretty clear understanding of that. Great. Amanda, jump in there. Oh, okay. Um, so what were you most surprised about watching this game? I'm assuming you watched the game. Um, I did. Uh, yeah, I was at Neyland Stadium. Oh, yeah. cool. Good, 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 good. I watched it at home. What were you most surprised about pleasantly and not so pleasantly? Well, um, I'll start with maybe the disappointing surprise, if it would be that. And I, I don't know that it's a big deal. Part of it was probably what Ball State was trying to do offensively. And that's, you know, Tennessee didn't get to the quarterback. Uh, and they're, they're, we knew going in that they would be quick throws. And they probably knew, hey, they've got guys on the outside, Byron Young and Tyler Barron and Joshua Josephs, who got some good time uh so they ball state knew that tennessee would be coming after the quarterback but they still never got there and i would have expected that that would have happened um so that would be one that would be probably more disappointing uh i would say that i don't know that it counts as a surprise here but on the positive side it would be that you know tennessee really just kept it going and i i was still a little skeptical because of second quarter woes a year ago but Tennessee, through the first half to the start of the second half, they really just kept it going. And then when the backups came in, this is where I'm always skeptical in general. Are you really going to keep running the offense or are you going to take your foot off the gas? And they didn't. They got to 59 points, could have been more uh, potentially. And Joe Milton was able to go in and show, I think, some signs of of progress there. I I recognize the opponent. that The pass to Jimmy Holiday – that is not a throw that many people in college football can make. No. He, he, his, his arm is just – it's obvious. But, you know, we, when we talk about his arm, we're talking about bombs down the field. That, that was on a rope uh, to Holiday, who's in stride, and wh- where he catches the ball with the momentum of his body. You know, that, that's one where you're making a play against an SEC defense, I think. So that's one where uh, – like if you told me, hey, Tennessee's going to score 59 points, I wouldn't be surprised by that. But the way Tennessee just continued with this, its business, I was happy to see that last night. Yeah, and Josh, I don't know if you heard it in the press box, but on the halftime interview, um, Josh Heupel was asked about his thoughts, and Amanda made a great point that they stuck the camera right up his nose, which they did, but that that's not really important. Um, but it was it was right up his nose. But he did he addressed what you referred to, I think, and that was that last drive where I think the defense relaxed a little bit. And maybe that's that second quarter woes, but it did seem like 
maybe that touched a nerve with him. I th- I thought to have as good of a half as they did, that was the first thing out of his mouth. Sure, and that would go back to coaches are going to find what they need to work on, and that's what you want. If you're a fan, that's what you want. You don't want Josh Heupel to just sit up there and not that he would have talk about how great everything went and there are no problems. I mean, some coaches are going to be different in their psychology of things, but I think most often they're going to go to that of what did we do wrong? What are we going to find on film? What can I go yell at my players about? Because it's not going to be that easy against Ball State to start out the game with an interception by Tamarian McDonald and then an immediate touchdown to Jalen Hyatt and a quick celebration of, hey, this is how tonight's going to go. But, you know, I still say that it, it very easily could have been a a 42 to 17 or 24 game if the players didn't keep the right focus for most of the time. I expect here, here's why I if there is some kind of slip up or let down mentally uh, at times I don't um, you know I don't harp on it too much because while I'm watching the game I mentally <laughs> check out for a little bit in that kind of game and I would if I were a player I guarantee especially if I know I'm just that much better so I expect there to be some of that within a game but they got out of there with a 49 point win so if that that's why I say if you can if you can beat them by 49 and just cruise through the game and still find some things that you need to work on because that's always going to happen. That to me is as close you, as you can get in the crazy college football world and the in the mindset of a coach to the best of both worlds. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So we know the Pitt game's coming up, and dun, dun, we watched dun. Pitt last night. But yeah, dun dun dun. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, dun, dun, not really dun dun dun. If you watched Pitt last night, how are you expecting that to play out? And do you see where Tennessee is? is dominant in certain areas and will be able to shut down pit. Yeah. Shut down. I'm not sure. Um, but you know, defensively, I think offensively Tennessee is going to put up a lot of points. I think Tennessee will be able to move the football and this will be a much better line of scrimmage test. So that will be one of our biggest questions. I think going into this Pittsburgh game is, uh, Pit, pit up front defensively they're going to try to come after Hendon Hooker and force some mistakes and create some pressure and we'll get a, a better idea of where Tennessee is at tackle and pass rush because uh, that's just something Ball State had no chance and uh, didn't even try that much Pitt will try probably and and you have the coaching matchup between Narduzzi and Josh Heupel where Pitt will be as prepared as they can be for what Josh Heupel wants to do offensively. I still think the Vols will find plenty of advantages and, and have a chance to go for 40-plus. I mean, they almost hit it last year with a quarterback change in the middle of the game. But uh, defensively, you know, Tennessee, I, I, Warren Burrell had some spots, I thought, where had a tough time. Pitt's going to see that and see, can they attack? Um, can they run the football? They have a couple of guys uh, that that showed on Thursday night that they can make some plays in the game. Uh, so, uh, line of scrimmage will be the biggest question going in, but my initial thought, more a little more than a week before the game, I do like Tennessee going up to Pitt, and uh, I, I plan to pick Tennessee, and I doubt that my opinion will change unless we hear something drastic uh, personnel-wise with Tennessee, which I don't anticipate. So I think the Vols are in a good spot getting ready to go to Pitt next week, and Tennessee's going to have revenge on its mind a little bit. Pitt's going to have confidence because it knows, even though you have some some personnel changes at quarterback and receiver, uh, and coaching as, as well. But Pitt knows, hey, we went to Knoxville last year. We can win. So you'll have confident Pitt coming off an emotional win. you have Tennessee with confidence for obvious reasons. Josh, I got one on offense and one on defense. I'm going to let you out of here. I know you got a busy day and um, a family to attend to. I want to start on offense. I thought it was pretty clear that Tennessee has settled on its two tailbacks. 
Um, Dylan Sampson would be the third guy, but I think the first two were, were pretty obvious based on the first half. Yeah, that's coming back to trust in veterans. As the season goes along, let's see. They have legitimately really liked what they've seen from Dylan Sampson, but you know, like I was talking about pass rush and, uh, and what Pittsburgh's going to try to bring, well, that comes back to pass protection for Tennessee, and you're going to have more trust in Jabari Small, who's obviously the number one guy, and then Jalen Wright, who's played more. So let's see, does, does Sampson get more of an opportunity within the game to try to make a play? Because that's his, his obvious upside for Tennessee. My guess is that they come back to uh, being safer in protecting Hooker and protecting uh, the offense and then work in Sampson and Williams-Thomas as the season goes along. At some point, you still have to prepare as if somebody might go down because that's the nature of the position. And uh, we talked a few weeks ago about Justin Williams-Thomas, still love his upside. Sampson, he's a smaller guy with more home run ability. That does fit really well in this offense. So as the year goes along, we'll see more of him. I'm just... I'm not sure that we're going to see a lot more of him in Tennessee's first road game in its first game against a Power 5 team. Josh, in the defense, uh, lastly, I just want to leave you with this. As far as the the defense, and you know I'm an X's and O's guy. I saw a lot of multiple fronts, a lot of twists and stunts that they were doing different up front. I wonder how much more comfortable Tim Banks is with with this group and uh, now that he's had a year under his belt. Probably a lot more comfortable, and I do think more confident in more players. So we, we saw a lot of guys up front fairly early on the defensive line. You know, the, the arrival of Joshua Josephs and James Pierce created some buzz in camp. We saw Josephs early in the game. Dominique Bailey is a player that we heard about over the last few weeks of camp. Saw him in the game, and then players that we knew would, would help start things out. Uh, they still need to create more pressure, but... You know, Banks leading at linebacker. I think there's more confidence there. More players in the secondary to count on. Again, how high of a level can they play against elite receivers? That's a question to be answered later. But uh, they didn't have any change on the defensive side in the staff. That had to help the players as they get ready to play bigger roles this season. And some transfers coming in and development along the defensive line when you have somebody like Rodney Garner. That's why I think this defense has a chance to be better this year. Not great, I wouldn't say a lead in, in the SEC, but better than it was a year ago. Josh Ward again of the Sports Animal. Uh, last thing, Josh, did you make your 5 a.m. workout this morning? I almost texted you, but it was a late game, and I didn't know what the traffic was like leaving Neyland Stadium. So, Dave, uh, because I know that that's a judgmental tone, I did not. However, if you keep up with health science, sleep is also very important when it comes to that restorative sleep and if i was getting up for the 5 a.m workout i was not getting the restorative sleep so no i did not and i gave a good reason why i'm rocking two hours right now josh <laughs> i'm rocking two hours of sleep. i might have to swing by honeybee though still on the way to the <laughs> office i promise you that nice plug and tonight to go to sleep yeah zool. zool beer company so, the you- weekend is here thankfully too and a big college football weekend i can't wait for it best to you and the family sir we will uh, talk to you next week we appreciate it you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Josh Ward is fantastic of the sports animal. You can hear him noon to three each and every day. And yeah, they, I I agree with everything that Josh said. I want to get to the comments, so keep them coming. We're going to get to all of them. Um, but Amanda, you, you really do have to, as we said last night, you have to nitpick to find something wrong with that performance. And that's what coaches Yeah, yeah of course. And like I'm saying with you know, Heupel, 
it, it's good and it's refreshing to, to see a coach at Tennessee actually come out and not be just ear to ear smile like after a victory like that. You know, Josh Heupel was happy. I'm not saying he wasn't happy with the performance, but his first, like his intuition, his first thing to go to is, okay, we need to work on this and this and this. And, and that to me makes a coach. That makes a coach. Not the, okay, here we are, you know, champions of life or whatever it was with Butch Jones. You know, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if you know some of the behind the scenes stuff with Butch, but you sound like you do because it, he was like that. I mean, he, he always pushed the positive trajectory of the program. Well, nobody wants to hear that when you're stuck at eight or so wins. And there are all kinds of rumors about practice behavior that was just abhorrent um, uh, the way he treated his players. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's a sociopath that wants to make sure that... Oh gosh, goes. why do you call him a sociopath? I know, I know a lot of things about the butcher that I'm not sharing, but the $8 haircut... Okay, let me take In away... the haircut. Let what me, is about the hair? Leave let, his haircut alone. Let me take away the sociopath part. Let me say um, self-centered. He wanted everybody to think he was doing a better job than he was, and when in reality, that's the cool thing about sports. Is at the end of the day, you win or you lose. Narcissistic you, is where you're going. Narcissistic is probably a better word than sociopathic. <laughs> that is very yeah, sociopaths scary. tend to commit crimes and kill people. So well, yeah, people think it's psychopaths, but it's sociopaths. Well, I can roll with that. Um, I, I, I do think, though, that the point you brought up about Heupel and the fact that he was not pleased with a lopsided win says a lot about the standards that he has for this program. And, and that's what he should say. He shouldn't be out there out in front selling it as, wow, that was incredible. So proud of our guys. I mean, goodness sake, that that's ball state. I, I mean, could play ball state. No that's, that's bragging about kicking a, a dog. I mean, that just did, I mean, it doesn't. So I thought his demeanor is funny again that you pointed that out because we did the show before his press conference last night. And again, uh, totally on the same page. That's what I came away with is that he didn't just harp about how awesome things were. Um, yeah. And I thought that and was really Honestly, strong. if we're comparing dogs here, Ball State is like a chihuahua. Let's be I, honest. I was going to say a little dog, too, actually. Yes. But I didn't want to offend Ava, your little dog. Okay, she's she doesn't care. But she's like, or she's Ball State's like a chihuahua. She's not easily offended. She's very confident in herself. She is very confident. Ball State is like a chihuahua. And you have, like, in comparison, you'll have Georgia, who's like a pit bull. So you don't ever brag about kicking a chihuahua. It's not lie. Exactly. Well, you do. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. And uh, I got today's tough question. It is coming up, and it's brought to you by Pedigo of Chattanooga. Pedigo is a locally owned store where you'll be treated like family. As the region's foremost electric bike experts, they put their hearts into helping you find the perfect electric bike. They've got the service and all the good stuff that's right there at Pedigo Chattanooga. So we get to it now. It is time for today's tough 
question with Mandela the product they put off the we course. do our research have you done your research we're working like heck today's tough question what's the real debate you sipping my soup guadalupe exclusively on off the hook sports with dave hooker and amanda lafrada you drinking my sake kimosabi oh my god all righty amanda lafrada today's tough question i'm guessing and as for our commenters there i'm going to get right to you and i also want you to know that um you will answer today's tough question that Amanda will present to you now. So, Amanda, what do we got? Today's tough question brought to you by Pedigo of Chattanooga. Well, I mean, we can just go with the obvious, I guess. And that's, you know, how, like, confident are you in Tennessee this season? Yeah. And does it really ch- And does it really change after last night? I think night? it did. With you, it did, I think. With me, I'm, I'm still – a little hesitant to change anything I thought preseason just because of the opponent and ball state. But let me know how you See, want to set that up. It didn't change. I don't, it didn't change me. I'm sitting over here going, Tennessee's going to beat Georgia this season. So no, I, I was expecting a victory. I wasn't expecting this big of one. So it doesn't really change what I, what I feel. I just never, when it comes to betting and stuff, I just never take, I will never take a, I don't know, whatever, the favorite. I will never take a favorite plus 30 plus points. I just don't do that. No, I don't blame you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play that number either. Um, But I thought that, I thought that Tennessee would win by 30. So how are we going to phrase the question? Because Tennessee fans might feel differently. So it didn't really change our perspective, but it might've changed some people's perspective. So, uh, John saying we'll never beat Georgia with that defense uh, defensive performance last night. Um, wow, it's pretty strong. Uh, Sit Burrell, I'm telling you, he's a liability. John agrees with that. John says give the defense a C plus. So maybe some people have lower expectations. I don't know how you could, but do you want to include that as part of the question? Yeah, I can. Um, but the whole the Georgia thing is I I'm not expecting their defense to be that great just because they've had to replace literally almost everyone. If I had Georgia's offense versus Tennessee's offense right now, I would take Tennessee's offense all day. That's why I'm going more of well, I'm sorry, I just I just would. That's why I'm going more leaning towards Tennessee upsetting Georgia because of that. They have the depth now to hang. And because of that, I'm going Tennessee beating Georgia. I would take Cedric Tillman. I would take um, Hendon Hooker over uh, Stetson Bennett. I would take Hendon Hooker over Stetson Bennett every day of the week. I mean, I don't know who wouldn't. I would too. I uh, have no argument with that. So how are we phrasing today's tough question? You decide during the break, and we will be right back in two minutes to get to your comments. Hang tight. We're going to continue to break down the game last night with Caleb Calhoun of Off the Hook Sports. More after this with Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Two minutes. Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. 
Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Air's here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli South subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's This is Al's Disc Barbecue Supply, so come on in and see all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasty's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasty Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. John agrees with Amanda. He says that our offense would be great, but our D still needs some work. She and I both thought that coming in, so that goes to today's tough question of expectations. Did anything change based off last night? Um, John also saying if we can't get pressure on the quarterback this year without bringing the house, then it could be a long season. I think that's why they toyed with the multiple fronts, John, the twist, and and some of the stunts, and to give Pitt more to look at. Um Amanda, so how are we phrasing today's tough question before we get to the young, talented Caleb Calhoun of OTH off the field? I said, how confident are you in the Vols going forward this season? Not very. Losing five or more games, somewhat. Losing three or more. Fairly confident. Losing three or less. And super losing two or less. Right. So based on, okay, gotcha. How would you answer that question? You want to think about it? Let me bring Caleb in, get his thoughts, because you've got your thinking face on. I do. Um, I don't, yeah, I just bring bring Caleb. Caleb in. Ready and excited. Caleb's appearance today is brought to you by Craft Treats. Craft Treats has a full spectrum CBD treat, so it contains minor cannabinoids that increase the benefits of CBD. It's great for situational anxiety for your pet. It's fantastically awesome. So Caleb Calhoun is jumping on board now, and Caleb has a bit of a, 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 a Wi-Fi issue and a dog apparently attacking him. So Caleb, 
we will do that another time. So Caleb has a Wi-Fi outage in his area, but I did want to get to because, and that's okay, Caleb, we'll, we'll, we'll make it up next week, buddy. But I did want to get to one of the things that Caleb mentioned in his column. It's on Off the Hook Sports. Please subscribe and hit that button and go ahead and like it so we can be a part of your day. We're here each and every weekday at 830 uh, Amanda, one of the leads that Caleb brought up was that Hendon Hooker played incredibly well. What mm-hmm. did you think about his play? And I'm going to kind of lead us down a path based off what he wrote. I thought he was exceptionally good. I, I didn't. I mean, there are a couple of things that I couple of questionable passes I think but other than that I thought he was really 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 good I mean I fully confident in his abilities yep and and a little more than a half so they ran him out there and in order to get um kind of go through the rhythm of being in in a football game going through halftime um he was really really good I thought and when you look at his stat line, it reflects that 18 of 25, 222 yards, two touchdowns, and also was pretty darn good on uh, the ground as, re- as well as he was able to score twice there near the goal line. So, Amanda, what Caleb led with, I thought was uh, interesting, and it, it was, you know, it, could this be the beginning of a Heisman campaign? Well, it is the beginning. It is the beginning of a Heisman campaign. It doesn't mean that he'll win the Heisman or is a strong contender even. But yes, that's that's a that's a good start to any season or any campaign of any sort. Well, when you have two passing touchdowns and two running touchdowns as the quarterback, I think that's that's a pretty good start for anybody. I mean, to be quite honest. He's, his name is going to be mentioned in the Heisman, you know, consideration until Tennessee loses a game. And if they drop a game, then his name will go out. We see it every year for, for a bunch of different quarterbacks, running backs, whatever. They are always mentioned in the Heisman talk until they drop a game. And then later on in the season, when everybody's dropped a game, They'll come back into the Heisman talk. It's all about who is the most talked about or looked at by by game 11, pretty much, is who's going to win the Heisman. Yep, and you don't win the Heisman in October. You just don't. And you don't. You certainly don't win it in September. So, it, you know, he could have a fantastic game against Pitt, and he could have a fantastic game against Florida, but that doesn't mean he's going to even end up in New York if they take five finalists. Um, and I don't think he has a realistic shot at winning the Heisman because the current Heisman Trophy winner is there. I think he, I think Hendon Hooker is a great story. I think he'll put up great numbers, but I don't think Tennessee's teams there with record-wise to – to have a, a realistic Heisman shot. I mean, I, I, you and I disagree on Georgia, but I think we do agree that the Tennessee's a nine-win team. I don't think a, a nine-win team quarterback is, is going to be able to topple. Let's, I mean, let's just say Bryce Young has another great year. 
let's even say Alabama doesn't win a national title and they just have an awesome season. Still, I don't know how you couldn't pick him. I mean, I, I just find it very difficult for him to realistically be in the Heisman race. That doesn't mean he's not great. That doesn't mean you don't celebrate him, but I find it very difficult for him not to be, for, for him to be a realistic Heisman candidate. You? I don't see how he couldn't be a realistic Heisman candidate, just to be honest. I, I just don't, I don't see how. Oh, so you, so you disagree. So you think he will be? Yeah. Real- I think he's a realistic Heisman candidate. And we disagree on the Georgia game, so I think that will be where he really takes off. Interesting. So if if I'll, if Tennessee beats Georgia, then ultimately, um, yeah, I mean he'll be a Heisman candidate. So I guess that's where we differ. I don't think that if they beat Georgia, yes, no question, he's yeah. a Heisman candidate. And everything plays out. Um, so yeah. yeah. I don't see that happening, but if it does, you're absolutely right. Um, there's no way of disagreeing with that. Uh, let's get to the, some of the comments that we had. Uh, John, uh, or I'm sorry, it was uh, Chris, oh, Jimmy, saying, I don't see us doing any better than last year. Losing three or four games is probable. Well, but the team can be way better. So I don't, man, I don't necessarily agree with that rationale. The team could be better. Tennessee could still win nine games which means they lost three in the regular season um even four that they they could lose four but this is a better football team i believe than last year no matter what the record indicates well at the end of the day it's all about how you define success and how you define better if it's just record that you're going for then no i mean he could be right they could be the exact same but if it's if you're looking at more like the intangibles of the game and you're looking at more of what they're doing on the field, then yeah. Yeah. So they're a better team. Be interesting to see um, exactly what does happen in that Georgia game. And you gotta think that Tennessee, I'm not saying you hold back plays from Pitt or Florida or anything like that, but you know in the offseason that they want to make a huge statement at least by being competitive if not beating georgia how much would that help you in recruiting i mean it would be immense immense i don't i don't place a lot of weight in one game's one game typically as far as a prospect's decision but given atlanta the vicinity and the fact that georgia is kind of that big bad team in the east that tennessee has to topple and that would get a lot of prospects attention I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. I mean, beating Georgia, they were the national champions last year, and it's not like they're LSU who were the national champions and they just fell off the face of the earth. They, you know, they're good. They're still good. Georgia's going to be good. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last, last season. I don't think they'll really even be close, to be honest. However, I've, probably wrong and I'll take it. I don't care. I'll, I'll be wrong, but I just don't see it happening. I just, I just don't see it. I feel like Tennessee can go in there and, and they can win. I mean, they can win that game. I think, I think they can, will they ultimately is, is going to define it. But even if you keep it close, I think you've got 
um, I've got, I think you've got something really to hang your hat on. So when we look back at the game last night, um, I think it's very clear when we talked to Josh about this, that Jalen Wright and Jabari Small uh, are going to be, the, and in reverse order, the two tailbacks that Tennessee relies on. So they both got 13 carries. Uh, Jabari Small got 63 yards, uh, 88 yards for Wright. And so you, you might say, hey, Wright had a better day. Maybe he's the number one guy. But I thought Jabari Small looked like the better tailback. I just thought uh, Jalen Wright had some better opportunities. Also, was I thought it was noticeable. We talked a lot about Jabari and the weight that he has put on. Amanda, I thought that was noticeable um, last night and some of his power. I don't know that he had that last year. And then I think Dylan Sampson's a, a good third. We used to call him scat back, but they're all kind of scat backs with the way they spread the field now. But uh, Tennessee's trio of running backs, if that's where they settle, is pretty good heading into the pit game. And then I do think at some point Justin Williams-Thomas will emerge and be a factor. If he emerges and be, <clears throat> and becomes a factor, then you're having problems well, with let's your def- running back position. Let's define factor and make sure we're, we're on the same page. I think that he, he is, based on what I've been told, he's, he's so talented once he figures everything out that he 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 is going to do something this year. Now, what is what is a factor? I use the word factor. Maybe that's not a good word, but I do think that he he will he will have he will get in games. He got in the opener. He's just a freshman. He's too physically gifted not to. I think it's probably uh, about I think it's probably about pass protection and yeah, I think he's a little unsure right now, which is a tailback you just can't be. But at the end of the day, man, he's so talented. But listen, if Jabari Small is your guy, I mean, where does where do you think Jabari Small ranks uh, among the top backs in the SEC? Top I don't half know right now. Third? Well, we don't. I mean, we haven't seen them all. But I would say by mm-hmm. the end of the year, based off what he did last year and the added weight, we'll be talking about top quarter, top third. Uh, somewhere in there. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. My thing with the Justin Williams Thomas thing is I believe, and this is probably just watching years and years and years of, of Bama with the running backs that have been, you know, you know who they are. Like you have people like Derrick Henry sitting, you know, sitting for a year behind other running backs. When you know that clearly Henry was the more talented back, it, it it says something about your program. And I know this this year with the you know NIL and all that stuff being transfer portal being wide open, you don't want to keep a, a talent like that on on the back burner for for a long time because then they'll just transfer out where they can start and they can uh, play. So I, I get why you want to spread it out a little bit just to keep the players that you have, and especially if it's a, a big talent. However, I just, I think if I were a coach, Justin Williams, Thomas, I would redshirt him. I think you have enough depth. You have three backs that you can work with and I'd redshirt him and keep him for another year. Again, 
that's the NIL, but this is the NIL we're talking about. So if you do redshirt him and you don't play him, will he leave? It's possible. Uh, that's a good point. And you know, Tennessee would have to make that decision four games in. And it used to be you have to have made up some rule that he was injured and you'd say some sort of hamstring pull. Um, and it was a medical redshirt and he could play in the first. But now it's just a clear cut four games you can play in and then redshirt after. So I, Amanda, when I look at, um, I think, so that's kind of the the difference between my view of, of his impact this year. I think he will play later in the season. If they do redshirt him, um, I, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad for Tennessee's depth, but how much would you get out of him? Because if he, if he is as talented as we've been led to believe, then he's probably not a, four-year player because running backs tend to bolt early so yeah you, they have to yeah i mean there's the they're going to get worn out in college your so, body gets destroyed at that position yeah so i mean do they ultimately redshirt him in hopes of getting four more years so i don't see i don't see why you would redshirt him because at the end of the day you have you're going to be lucky to get three years out of him if he's as talented and he picks things up that's a huge monster if you're gonna be lucky to get three much less four so i mean if you if you want to play him this year with your three other backs go for it i just don't understand how you you don't have enough game time to play him and three other backs like you just don't to give everybody enough carries that they're happy this is a different game now the nil and transfer portal has made this a different game you have to keep the players happy, unfortunately, and I'm not saying it's bad for players to be happy, but your number one priority as a as a coach now is to keep your players happy so that they don't leave. So if you have four backs that you're going to try to alternate throughout the season, then how are you going to give them each enough playing time for them to stay and want to stay and want to play there? I don't see how you do it. John says, smash that like button. I like where John's coming from on on that. So let's get to the pit game. And I, I, I want to get your thoughts last night. So for those that didn't see it, they may have been in traffic or they may have been at a party watching the game or, yeah, whatever. If you didn't see the pit game, it was a really bizarre ending in which Pitt avoided an upset against West Virginia it it took a tipped pass that was returned for an interception um, by Pitt. So kudos to them. But then West Virginia drives down and almost is able to score. Makes me think Pitt's defense isn't very good. Um, I think they're good up front. I think they've got back-end issues. What was your take on the West Virginia Pitt game? You, you referenced it earlier. I know we were focused on the Tennessee game, but your thoughts on – on Tennessee uh, or Tennessee playing pit after what you saw last night. So the West Virginia pit game was very disappointing for pit fans everywhere and taken to the message boards. They were very unhappy. What people don't understand. Might that lead us to message board bingo at some point? At some point. No, I'm not going to use any of theirs because they mentioned the the coach specifically. Mm. So the offensive coordinator. So, what people don't get about Pitt is they replaced their offensive coordinator from last year. He left. So did their quarterback. So did their star wide receiver. 
all gone. They're all gone. The yes, the quarterback can be replaced. The the off the wide receiver can be replaced. A new offensive coordinator is a completely different ball game. When you have an offensive coordinator that doesn't that doesn't run the same type of offense, he runs a completely different offense. So when you have that kind of guy, or he focuses on different things, let me put it that way. When you have that type of coordinator change, you're going to have problems. Pitt's going to have problems. And yes, did they score? Yes. One of their touchdowns was, as you mentioned, an interception. Only, I think they only had two passing touchdowns. Yeah, they most of them were running back. Like two running back, two passing, and then whatever. Yeah, I the the it looked like West Virginia could move the ball very easily, and I think that if if West Virginia can move the ball easily, then I think Tennessee will be able to. Now I don't know that you're going to see the running game uh, be as effective as it was against Pitt. I uh, pretty much guarantee you that it's not going to be as effective as it was against Ball State because it's a much better opponent. I mean, Pitt's very good up front on both sides of the ball, but I do they think lost a captain defensively, a linebacker. They're struggling linebacker wise, and also secondary. Yeah. Well, and I did a write up on them. I that's what I saw. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, I think they're. I think their whole. I think they had real issues in their whole back seven. Including the linebackers, did he? Um, I, I'll apologize. Did he get hurt last night, or was it before the game? No, they lost him last year. Oh, okay. He transferred sorry. out. Sorry. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. I, I. The whole back seven to me looked like they were discombobulated at times. Now, again, they had the interception, but that was a weird carom pass. It, it should have been caught by the West Virginia receiver. It was not, and then six the other way, and that changed the whole facade of it so as far as a gambling line amanda do do we have an official pit line does it change after they play the first game i don't know i I do want to get to that if if you can because i know you know a lot more about gambling than i do so we're going to try to hook up with uh caleb calhoun again in uh, two minutes stay tuned off the hook sports go ahead and Hit that like button, hit subscribe, and we'd love to be a part of your day each and every morning at 8.30. Yeah. Back in two minutes, Caleb Calhoun of Off the Hey, Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been. 
but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas and fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Guys, you got to check out Alice Nest Barbecue. Alice Nest Barbecue is your home for all your barbecue needs. I don't care what that is, if it's the rubs, if it's the sauces, it's all right there. And they've also got the fantastic grills, the Green Mountain grills that are absolutely through the roof. So Trevor's saying, I think they had a defensive end get hurt last night too. You are right. Uh, Trevor, thank you. Uh, Deslin Alexandre. Uh, suffered an injury versus West Virginia. He left in the first half. He was a captain as well. So, Amanda referring to a lost linebacker last year, and now Pitt has uh, its second captain, essentially a calendar year uh, lost. So, we'll see how serious it is. Obviously, we don't know. It's a right arm injury at this point. Uh, Lou Teston, I'm sure. Alexandria went down in a pass play in the second quarter. With quarterback JT Daniels, need to see him last night but remained down on the field in apparent pain. So we'll see, but he did give a thumbs up. So how hard is he? I don't know. You've got a long week. Remember that too. The thumbs up. The thumbs up normally means a bad injury. I think the thumbs up usually means he thinks he's okay at least. No, that means like that's a moral booster. Like it's like a hang in there guys for the rest of you because I ain't playing another down. The players, yeah. the players I talked to said that they would give. I'm sure it's different. The player, player would give the thumbs up to let their family members know that they're okay. Uh, Caleb Calhoun joining us now. Caleb, let's work on that shot. There we go. Caleb's rocking it. His Wi-Fi's down, but he's absolutely knocking it out of the park. Caleb, your thoughts on Hendon Hooker last night? You brought up the Heisman conversation. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he was – it was a typical Hinden Hooker performance. I mean, it was very efficient, you know. I mean, his, his yards weren't what they typically were last year. But, I mean, again, it was 223 yards, 12 rushing yards. He was pulled by the early in the third quarter. Four, four total touchdowns, no interceptions, 72% of his pass is completed, uh, nine yards in attempts. Um, really couldn't ask for much more than that uh, from his game last night. I think the thing that stood out the most – uh, I haven't checked yet, but I think he only took one sack last night, which, you know, I kind of said last year, Hooker's efficiency numbers were kind of skewed because he holds on to the, he held on to the ball so long trying to make a play and took a lot of sacks. Similar to, I mean, I've said that about Aaron Rodgers for years at the NFL. Um, you know, it's, it, it's actually a little bit easier to inflate your passing numbers or your efficiency numbers if you're taking a lot of sacks. <laughs> and Hooker did that last year a good bit. But only one sack last night, so... 
you know, it was just Ball State. But that, I mean, I, that that is something. Yeah, I, th- I thought his – I also thought his body language from the get – and I brought this up a couple of different times, but I thought the body language from the get was – was really strong. He seemed comfortable in that role, and that that's hard to measure. But I, I thought it was pretty apparent watching the game last night. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the, and it wasn't just him, though. I mean, the whole team seemed a lot more relaxed. Um, you know, there was just a much higher morale watching this game. I, I think we, you know, watching last year when Tennessee beat Bowling Green thirty-eight to six. I mean, that was the most hideous blowout win for an opener I think I've ever seen. Um, 2001 Syracuse might compete with it. I think I don't know if you guys remember how ugly that game was. <laughs> but um, yeah. um, last year was kind of like that, and you kind of felt it. the Vols were in for a really, really mm. long season. You didn't get that vibe last night. You know, it, it, you definitely got a different vibe from this blowout last night. I think what really stood out was the second quarter. Um, this was a horrible second quarter team last year. And they were better in the second quarter than the first quarter yesterday, which says something. Agreed. I just – I have to point out two things really quickly. First of all, Caleb, you're a rock star because you do look like you're starring in an episode of Dawson's Creek right now, but it is <laughs> totally working. Um, and second of all, you're sitting there without a computer in your hand or like – looking at another screen. These are just stats that are coming out of your mouth that are in your head. So that's pretty insane to me as just a a fellow college football fan that you're just spouting these things from like games of your basically like 2001. It's just insane. Okay. That's all I have to say. And Amanda, I was fact checking him too, to see if there was a sack. I didn't think there was, but I checked and he was absolutely right. So yeah, pretty Pretty strong stuff. Um, Caleb, as far as the defense, um, do you really pull anything away from that game? I mean, again, we're talking about Ball State, so everything's kind of judged on a scale. Yeah, I agree. Um, It's hard to pull anything from that game. In particular, the one thing that didn't happen last night was the Vols didn't get sacked. And if it wasn't strength of Ball State's, it was at um, tackle. It was at offensive tackle. So, I mean, it's really hard for me to take anything seriously about that after, you know, again, it was Ball Street's one strength is offensive tackle, and the Vols didn't get a sack yesterday. That kind of stands out. Gotcha. All right. So, what a, uh, a great column on the rapid reactions that you can check out. It's still pertinent, even though it's no longer rapid. It's the next day, but it's still very pertinent. Anything you're. Pretty rapid. Less than 24 hours. That's rapid. Rapid-ish. We'll go rapid-ish. Um, Caleb, um, anything you got cooking in that noggin of yours? Um, not off the top of my head. I will have a few things later today. I haven't had. I need a little more time to digest. You know what happened? It was such a late game last night. But <laughs> oh, yeah, probably some sleep. I'm working on two hours, Caleb. So you, you have. <laughs> You have a great day. We'll talk to you next week and follow his work on offthehooksports.com. Everybody's tired, aren't we? I mean, I'm just, I'm so impressed by him. Honestly, I, 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 honestly, you look incredibly refreshed. Maybe it's just being young. Maybe it's just being a good looking person. Or maybe it's, or maybe it's makeup, whatever it is. You don't look tired at all. I look at myself and I think I aged, uh, I aged a little bit last night, but 
Yeah. I mean, I thought it was it was well worth it. Now, I can't imagine. I don't know. Is it bad? Or the, no, I'm, I'm telling you why. It's concealer. Oh, I th- I, do I need concealer? I'm down no. with concealer if you tell me I do. Do not put on makeup as a guy. Don't do it. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if you're a dude and you call yourself Andrea. Do not put on makeup. I will say this. Just don't do it. I won't. I can Thank see you. how, though, for the TV guys, because there's some TV guys that will leave the studio and still have the makeup on. I, I, yes. I can see how it would be addictive because when I did the ESPN shot and I drive to Charlotte, I just did one of them. They do the makeup and you look at yourself in the mirror and I guess I was, that was 2012. So that would have made me mid thirties. I was like, Whoa, Dave's back in college. Holy Hannah. I was, I thought of, how much does this makeup artist cost and can I take her home? But I mean, what does she charge? Because it, I didn't, at first I didn't want it. And I, I can't remember who it was. It was Tom Luganville or whoever it was came up to me and said, trust me, man, drawn with a bunch of people that have makeup and you don't, it's going to stand out. And he was darn right. And I was this close to saying, I don't want to do it. Because I never wore makeup before. But oh, you should see some of those, like really, really look at some of the, if you could ever go on like Instagram reels or TikTok, there are some crazy makeup transformations where girls don't even look like themselves. Like you cannot compare like one girl, her before and her after you're like, that's a different person, but you watch it and it goes through the whole process. And you're like, this is witchcraft. I mean, it really is. It's witchcraft. Boys be careful. Girls with makeup can do anything. What's stronger filters or makeup? Makeup. Makeup is filter a close second or is it there even at all? No, not comparatively speaking. You can have a filter that goes on your face, like on, you know, Snapchat or wherever, and it can make you look different. But if you don't have makeup on, you're not going to be like, now a lot of girls do the makeup and they do the filters and it's a lot, like it's a lot, a lot, but what about, is you it, don't, is it the duck lips they call it with the filter? Is that too much? I think that's, that's a, in the past now because Good. they, they came out and said, like, if you do the duck lips all the time, then you get, like, the little lines around your mouth that make you look like a cat's anus. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I haven't looked at a cat yeah. recently. It's been a while. Actually, it's official. Amanda, before we start breaking down the, the pit game a little bit more, it is official. My outside cat has become an inside cat. It went from stray to fed to inside. And just I told... I told my family, I said, I'm allergic to cats. Okay. So this is how I get, this is how I gave it in. I gave in bit by bit. I said, okay, it can come up. Just keep it upstairs. Well, what happens downstairs? Okay. Just keep it off the couch. So I go last night on an appointment before the game, come back. Where is the cat sitting that I'm allergic to? Exactly where I was going to watch the game. Do you know I was allergic to cats too? But because every time I would go over to my friend's house to cat sit, I would just eyes would swell up and, you know, nose and just like 
everything felt like it was closing, but I got a cat because my dog picked her out. I wanted another dog, but we went to the Humane Center Society, pound, whatever, and she picked out the cat. This is very random, crazy as it seems. Plus the cat attacked my ex-boyfriend. So I was like, yes, that's the cat I want. Let's grab her now. So anyway, got her. Now I don't, I'm not allergic to her anymore. Like, my body just got used to all of her cat things, I guess. Yeah, well, I actually had the allergy test when I was, like, 20. I was I was in college when I was 22 years old. And we're going to get to your comments. I'm sorry. But I, I I had a cat when I was 22 years old. And I had these allergies, big, huge whelps. Like, I would wear a baseball hat over and a hoodie because, like, I looked like I had some sort of serious malady. And... We thought it was cats and we didn't know. So I did the whole prick test on the back where they determine what you're allergic to. And they said, you're basically allergic to everything. I was like, sweet. Yeah. But they said allergies come and go. So the cool part is I actually like cats more than dogs. And, and I have not, I have not had the watery eyes or puffiness since the cat's been in. So maybe it went away and I can be, and I haven't petted it yet. That's the next step. Because then you're going to yeah. touch your face. Okay. And the cat dander and, you know, uh, Trevor saying yeah. they were getting the ball out quick last night. They didn't hardly hold the ball at all last night. I'm not panicking about the pass rush. Uh, I agree. Um, Trevor says if you get a tabby cat, they all act like dogs in my experience. Love them. Uh, what is a tabby? Ryan does not. Ryan, the thing that stood out to me the most is Aaron Beasley. He was all over the place. He was sharp last night. Uh, yeah, I thought Aaron Beasley was very good. And somebody else posted Jeremy Banks. He was conspicuously absent. Well, I mean, he's not going to make monstrous plays each and every game. I think that's getting a little ahead of oneself. And um, But I do think that uh, Jeremy Banks and Aaron Beasley, based off the way he played last night, will be a pretty good duo uh, for the balls. Yeah. It, ultimately... Beasley is a still a bit more of an unknown uh, commodity, even though he is a senior, because we know Banks is upside. Do we know Beasley's upside? I'm not sure that we do, because we've seen a lot of these guys. Jabari Small is the prime example. And Jabari Small, in one offseason, went from a good small tailback to a good... Maybe a, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I, it was a matter of time before I did that. Uh, and he went from a good small tailback to maybe a very good bigger tailback, somewhere in there. A uh, medium. Yes, he's a medium. <laughs> like like the, yeah. the shirt that Coach Lance sent me, which is a medium. If I wore it out, um, gosh, I would love to be a large, but I don't think that's in the fold. The Mattress Place, 22 years on Chapman Highway, Marine Corps veteran-owned, and the Mattress Place has over 225 five-star Google reviews. If you go anywhere else for a mattress, you're crazy. Tell them off the hook, sports. Since you know gimmicks, just 30 to 70% off each and every day. That is the Mattress Place. All right, so go ahead and line them up. Are you concerned about hit? More or less, just want to get some comments here. We've got today's tough question based off how yesterday may, yesterday may have affected, um, last night may have affected what you think about 
Tennessee's success this season, I, I don't think Amanda and I really changed our opinion of the Vols, even though she didn't think that it would be a blowout victory. But I think we both still are. I thought you it did. was going to be 31 points. That's a blowout. Okay. okay, you didn't think it would be that lopsided. 49 points? I don't think anyone except for the guy who said 63 yesterday. Probably Darnell nailed it. Except for him. I did not think it was going to be 49 points. I, I predicted 31. All right, so let's yeah okay so let's let's get to this pit breakdown want to make sure that you hit that like and subscribe button because we want to uh be a part of your day-to-day so after what you saw from pit last night and we touched base on this a little bit i actually believe that after what i saw last night it would be more disappointing in my mind if tennessee lost to pit because i don't I didn't think Pitt was very good last night. And like garbage. Yeah. Hot. The hottest, smelliest garbage. And I mean, at this point, if Tennessee doesn't beat Pitt based off what I saw last night, I think it would be a huge disappointment. I would have said a significant disappointment yesterday. But that's a football team that they should beat. They've got quarterback issues. You mentioned they lost their best receiver, one of the best in the country, a Blitnikoff Award winner. Did he win it or was he a finalist? He won it. And he goes to USC to play with Lincoln Riley. After- Good luck out there, sir. Yeah. Yeah, and flying back, um, maybe Pitt will join the Big Ten at some point and he'll get to play against Pitt. <laughs> I mean- well, I just hope he doesn't try to transfer out of USC because if he does, Lord have mercy, I don't know how long it's going to take for his eligibility kicks in. Continuing on. It's probably true. Amanda has strong feelings on that, which I love. And yeah. Mm. I'm going to like writing him a check here based off the way things happening um, in the Hooker household. But that's a conversation for another day. So support our uh, sponsors. Yes. I know. Uh, what were Pitt's quarterback numbers last night? I couldn't imagine West Virginia defense as good as UT's. So, well, let's take a look at the game, as a matter of fact, because that was where I was going. Um, as far as the numbers, when you when you start to break it down and you look at the game last night, um, the, the numbers – I thought told half the story. I really think that based off what Amanda said, that it just, they just looked bad. I mean, they didn't look ready to play and that was the problem, but you asked for the numbers, I'll uh, give them to you. So as, as far as the numbers, uh, JT Daniels, let's start with what West Virginia did. JT Daniels, he was 23 of 40, uh, 214 yards, touchdown and an interception against uh, Pitt's defensive backs. Now, again, that interception, I want, to, I want you to keep in mind that that was a care on pass. It was tipped. I mean, it should have been caught. Auburn-like interception. It's an Auburn-like interception, which means it shouldn't have been intercepted. Yeah, I mean, it was it was right through the guy's hands. I mean, that, that really, there should be a way in statistical record-keeping to put that on the receiver. Call it Auburn-like. Yeah, I mean, just throw Auburn like, but to specifically address um, 
Trevor's question, what were Pitt's quarterback numbers? I mean, they were it, they were decent. Sixteen for twenty-four. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's, a, it's okay, I mean, but it's 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 efficient. Um, it's West Virginia. They had three hundred and eight yards against uh, West Virginia. Keaton Slovis. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought he had a good opening game. But, again, you watch that game, and I did watch it last night after the Tennessee game. I just didn't think that was a game that it should have won. I thought the better team on that night actually lost because of the fluky play. And that game was really close to going into overtime. It was a drop pass heading into the end zone that was uh, ruled down. But, ultimately, when it comes down to it, I think that you're going to be looking at a pit team that – is not nearly as motivated as Tennessee. So I not to give away any any secrets or anything like that, but I can tell you that it didn't sit well with Tennessee losing to Pitt last year. Now, it never sits well losing to any team, but that one in particular. And I think that Tennessee truly believes that they can go to Pitt and win. So do we Me have – Yeah, I do too. I do, do we have a number on that, a point spread? It seems like – and please correct me if I'm wrong with you – much more back game. It seems like we we saw a three and a half point spread at some point a couple of weeks ago. I think it was four and a half, but let me look. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. You know that's that's one of those numbers. This is why I don't gamble. Okay. Because that's one of those numbers that I think is an easy Tennessee pick. So that means that it probably will be right about the number. Um, because Vegas well, it probably changed. Yeah, I would honestly. think so based off their based off what happened. Uh, Dave Hooker, any relation to uh, Hendon? Yes, he's my nephew. If you see the the <clears throat> everything about Dave and Hendon are it's like spot on. Like you can tell. Like you can. I mean, I think Hendon has some red in his hair a little bit. He does. Yes. Yeah. Facial features all the same. Yep. Same, you know. And I and skin I, tone. And I tan so great. You can just tell by looking at my skin tone yes. that I'm an incredible tanner. Um Trevor That's sad that, that you don't even know how to say that. <laughs> Trevor's saying that I can't stand the whole state of Cali. Um Kind of like Cali. Daniel feels confident we win by 14. So um I'm with Daniel. Wow, you think Tennessee wins by 14? Yes, I do. Wow. Okay, so they were pushing the top 25. So somebody in front of them is gonna lose. So Tennessee's probably gonna be in the top 25 come Sunday because of the convincing win. They might even be as high as 22, 21, depending on what happens in front of them. This could be an overreaction, but and that typically happens. Well, it's not an overreaction. It's the proper reaction. You've actually seen a game. Yeah, that's not an overreaction at all. It, it is. A, it's a, exactly. It's a, it's a proper reaction. You've seen what they do. I cannot find the line to save my life at the moment, but you see how, you know, how Tennessee fared. And I understand it's ball state, but it's still a 59 to 10 victory is still a 59 to 10 victory. Like that's, and then a 31 to 38 game, West Virginia and Pitt is still, I mean, it's just, it's, 
just sloppy. Like it's just a sloppy game all, all the way around. Pitt shouldn't have won that game. West Virginia should have actually went, won that game. I just don't think that Pitt – I don't think they're anywhere close to what they were last year. So well, it's not an overreaction. Agreed. And it was Kenny Pickett. And for those that didn't watch the game, it was basically the exact opposite of what Tennessee was. It wasn't crisp. It, it, it wasn't come out there with confidence. And at the end of the day, I did find it uh, pit a four-point favorite now, according to Vegas Insider. I don't know. Are you sure? Go by. That's that's what I'm looking at. Is where it's is it moved. Plus four. Is pit minus plus four. four. Minus four. Pitt's a okay. four-point favorite, according to Vegas Insider, which is the one I go to. Um, but I'm trying to. There are a couple of places you could shop it around and get three and a half. There are a couple of places you could shop around and get four and a half. Um, I don't know why you if Pitt is a four point favorite at this moment, I would highly suggest everyone get on their betting app and take Tennessee. Well, I don't give gambling advice, but I completely agree with you. And I hope I don't curse you because I'm so bad at picking against the spread. But especially if you're curious, you should have jumped on it. Do, do, do. On Saturday, August the 6th, it was actually four and a half. So it started originally at three and a half way back in May, for those that really want to gamble quickly. Got up to four and a half the first week of August, and now it's settled down at four. I'm not going to say 14 points, but I'm pretty darn close. I think Tennessee wins by double digits. So be sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We'll have more pit talk all of next week and we're certainly uh, looking forward to that as you know Tennessee plays a real opponent I mean last night was neat you got the flyover you got the light show you got all neat well I mean just the it was what I thought it would be and basically what you thought it would be just a little more so so I mean it it was it was a great way to start the season kudos balls I don't I don't mean that to sound trite whatsoever but ultimately they'll be much more tested against fit we would both neat Neat. neat. Who uses the word okay. neat? Do I use the word swell? Okay, no, that's no, that's 1950s. Let's not use the word swell. But just Over. neat is very 1990s, like clueless era. Oh, like the clueless Alicia Silverstone? Yes. Oh, that was like my first, uh, that was one of my first, one of my first crushes as a young man. Nice. When, that, when that Aerosmith video came on. All right. Yeah. That in the face video by George Michael. This is a G-rated. I I just said I stopped and looked at the pretty girls. That's all I said. Okay, well. Slide in. Today's today's tough question is brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Uh, I'm sorry. Mm. Today's tough question. I'm losing my mind. It is. We can revisit that right now, though. Yeah, hit it. Hit it for me. Keep me straight. All right, so how confident are you in the Vols going forward this season? Zero percent are not very confident. So that's pretty good. Zero percent of people are not very confident. So no one is, you know, whatever. Uh, Coming in second is super confident, losing less than two games. That is an 11 11 percentile. Um, fairly losing <clears throat> less than three is our winner at the moment, 45%, and somewhat losing three or more is 43.2%. So right now, 
people are fairly confident in the Tennessee Vols. Uh, Dakota's saying yes. Uh, Tennessee is going to kill Pitt, especially if Pittsburgh plays like they did last night. Well, I will guarantee if they play like they did last night, they're going to win. But they may have a bounce back factor. I don't know the internal of their team. It's tough for me to to think you come out in an opener, and I would have said the same thing about Tennessee had they come out flat last night. You come out in an opener, and it is, it is a rivalry, the backyard brawl. You come out in an opener flat with the whole offseason to prepare. That tells me something about your, your the culture of your football program. It tells me you shouldn't be ranked, and that's why preseason rankings don't mean anything. Yeah, you shouldn't I, be ranked at 17th or whatever they ranked as. Ridiculous. I never thought they should have been either. Completely agree. And it'll be interesting. Could they drop in the rankings? Because they I think that they will. They might be in the 20s. Because I, I have known voters over the years, and some have the mindset of you basically reset each and every week as far as how you – now others do it more like a slotting system – and they'll bump people up. But for the ones that like to, to reset it, Pitt will drop out of the top 25 <clears throat> for a lot of voters. Not- yeah, I mean, they'll at least drop into the top, or they'll at least drop into the 20s, I would say. Like the lower, probably like 24-ish. But they'll drop. Maybe not out of, completely out of the top 25, but they'll drop for sure. Dakota said you also have to think about it. Tennessee isn't going to open up the playbook against Ball, Ball State. I, di- I disagree with that a little bit. I thought they opened up the playbook more defensively to get Pitt more to worry about. And then I think they look at what they were successful at and they'll actually call that down. So on the defensive side of the ball, I think they showed more. On the offensive side, did they show anything new? Probably not. I would be stunned. But I think you show Pitt more to prepare for heading into this week, and I think that's what they did last night. All those multiples that they ran with the that I mentioned earlier, those are eventually going to be called down to what they do best. But Pitt has to prepare for all of it, and we'll see what they're able to do. So I tell you what, how about a little message board bingo, Amanda LaFrada? What do you think of that? Are you excited about message board bingo, or are you going to beat me down because it is – Time for Message Board Bingo. And Message Board Bingo is brought to you by our friends at Viles Automotive Group. It's all about integrity. Viles Automotive Group, man, they've got financing. They've got the service department that keeps you rolling. Shopping made easy because they have great selection. Most people don't. Amanda LaFrada, it is time for Message Board Bingo. All right. All right. So, <laughs> terrible coaching. <clears throat> wow. Hold on. Terrible coaching performance you, so far. You're, you're allowed to, in this role, you're going to learn, you're, you're allowed to have a scratchy voice because you probably talk more during your average week now than you probably ever have in your life. And you're doing well, great. And you're doing a great Thank job. You. Thank you. I typically, though, after the show, I put my headphones in and I just listen to my book and then David will come and say something and I'll be like, what? Yes. What do you want? I'm listening to my book. There there is some decompression that goes on with this job. So terrible coaching performance so far. Offensive play 
offensive playing calling that first series was a joke, and then top it off with dumb trying to draw offsides. Wow. Blank coach, back to the dink and dunk. And this is SEC. This is SEC school. Is it based off last night's game or a game last night? It is based off of, I can't tell you that. Oh, well, I mean, okay. Well, that's good. They, they've already played. Okay. My my hope is that <laughs> with games to be played, message board bingo gets a little easier on Dave because self confidence is waning. So, um, so you're not going to tell me if they played last night. I told you what conference it is. You told me it was the SEC. All right, just repeat the front end. I just need like the front sentence. All right, terrible coaching performance so far. Offensive playing, calling. That first series was a joke. Then top it off with dumb trying to draw offsides. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm struggling. I, I do not know who it is. I hate What's you. Your just... Favorite team in the SEC? I don't have a favorite team. Okay, what's what kind of? Oh, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. I do not like Missouri, and even I, Amanda doesn't know why. And deep down inside, I don't know why either. But I just don't like them in the conference. All right. You don't like change. I did. I, I didn't. You're half right. I didn't like Texas A&M, but they won me over. So you're 100 percent because I didn't like Texas A&M. I didn't think they felt like a Texas school. I had a couple of conversations with people who had been to College Station that said they are an SEC school. They feel like an SEC school. I was like, okay, well I'll take your word for it. I still haven't been there. All right, so I'm one and zero. All right. Fire Sig ASAP. Guy thinks it's the 80s. Coach is an idiot for hiring this clown. Coach is an idiot for hiring this clown. Fire Sig. I don't understand the word you're saying. Fire. Fire. Sig. Oh, Sig. Like cigarette? Sig. Yeah. Sig. ASAP. Guy thinks it's the 80s. Coach is an idiot for hiring this clown. Wow. Can I get a hint? Um, ACC. Nope. Nope. Okay, I'll Florida give you State. a bigger Florida hint. Florida State. No, I was going to give you a bigger hint. It's not for a sec. <clears throat> it is. Wait. It's Pitt. Oh, it is Pitt? Yeah, it's Pitt. Uh, well, I'm, I agree with that poster. Usually the posters are. I do <laughs> This is what I've been saying all day about Pitt is their offensive coordinator is in, is in the dark ages. He has a completely different style, and that's going to be a problem. For Pitt going forward, so there we are. Uh, I, I I still expect to see Dana Holgerson walking around. Um, you want to hear a funny West Virginia story real quick? I'll keep it to thirty seconds. So go for it. 
covering a game up there, the a West Virginia LSU game, more from a recruiting perspective and what that would be the impact. Because West Virginia under Dana Holgerson was pretty good. So wanted to interview Dana Holgerson. And typically, you know, when ESPN calls, they do the interview because they want the exposure. In this case, I'm not going to mention the guy's name. The sports information director said you can meet with the an assistant coach. So we meet to do this. He, the guy sells it to me, says he's a better recruiter anyway. You'll love this. We meet there. They've got a huge recruiting weekend, and he has a couple of beers for lunch. Right before he's going to host the kids. Sometimes you just need that boost. <laughs> That's not – I mean – I can't imagine being around families and having alcohol in your breath and saying, I'm going to take care of your son. But Ed Orgeron was a great recruiter, so maybe it'll work. So do we have awkward? Do we have another one for message board bingo? Yes. Ed Orgeron also dated someone that was like the age of his daughter. So that's fair. And and bought her an apartment on campus. Well, I don't think there's enough money in the world to make me sleep with him. So, okay. Oh, sleep. Yeah. Self-respect, lady. Self-respect. Okay. I just get out of here and imagine. Oh, no. There's another story I can't tell about it. Oh, please, dear God, don't. I'm going to throw up. Okay. I don't think I can. T- I'm gonna give you three posts from this specific fan base. I don't think I can take another 12 games of this. Some dot 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 stuff here from Clifford. What's our coach's buyout? In all honesty, how don't you fire the off- offensive line coach? What improvement? Can I have a hint? Big Ten. So this is, one more. This is based off an Ireland game. I can't just give you things. Okay. Well, then. Hold on. I'm going to. This is the same game, but the oppo- opposing fan base. Okay. I'm going to go Nebraska on the first. Okay. Same game, opposing fa- fan base. Nice job by our dumb A head coach. We ran one time in the last three possessions up three points. I've been a head coach guy, but this is some serious coaching malpractice. So is that? Big Ten, same game, opposite fan base. That has to be Northwestern. If I'm right, I don't feel like I'm right. Is it Penn State, Purdue? Yes. Okay. All right. That that makes that that makes a lot more sense. All right, because I yes. the first half I felt decent about my chances, and then as you continued, I felt worse and worse as we went along. So yeah, it Didn't is. Say it was the first comments. The the show's flown by today. They tend to do that during football season. We're staying with you a little longer than usual because we got to get to this day in sports history. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. All righty, Amanda. You have to go first. Oh, and this I, Okay. Yes. I have a, 
it's funny you say that because I I'd never pull one up and I just always play off you. But I was goofing around last night and I did find one that was I thought very interesting. Um, in 1973, do you know who Billy Martin is? By the way, I do not. Okay, Billy oh, Martin. Okay. Billy Martin is the guy that you've probably seen in a highlight that ran off the field to an umpire with the Yankees back in the 70s. Okay, so Billy liked the booze, and uh, that got in the way of his managing a couple of different times. So in 1973, Billy Martin was fired as the Detroit Tigers manager due to continual differences with the front office, which probably meant booze. Um, so guess where he went after that? Billy wasn't done. How many how many jobs, Amanda, do you think he got after that as a manager in Major League Baseball after being fired? Five. Half right. Ten? No, 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 not that kind of half. Half right, okay. I'll explain to you why you're half right. Okay. He, he got eight different jobs after that. Five of them were with the New York Yankees. They hired him five times. He's like George Costanza. They would they would fire him, and then they'd bring him back and fire him. I, I knew the Billy Martin story, and I think he passed away, actually, due to a DUI. Um, and I knew a lot about Billy Martin, but I would have guessed. He got, so he drove drunk and killed himself, basically? Yes. Okay, because I was like, how do you pass away from a DUI? But okay, there we go. Yeah, pass, I mean, just kind of soft pedaling it a little bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, he, he, it's been, gosh, it was way back when. Um, it was 2014, I believe. Um, no, it, whoa, I'm sorry. It was 25 years before 2014, so it would have been uh, like 99. So it's been a, a, a long time ago. Um, That's anyway, 15 years. That is, yes. Yeah, 89. Right, 89. There we go. You get old, they all run together, man. It's it's, it's your fault. For, it's your fault for working with somebody as old as me. I mean, I'm practically falling apart. I don't feel like that's accurate. <laughs> Thank you. I can't blame that on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying I'm not old. That too. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. But you fished Jim. for that one, didn't you? I did. Jimmy okay. said Billy and Steinbrenner and their arguments were public as fu and funny as heck. I would have given anything to cover that team during social media days. Like, that would have been awesome. All right. You wouldn't you know, have to. I bet they'd air their dirty laundry out there. Yeah. They just have the press conference in the hall, and Billy's already had a couple of pops of scotch. All right, she's Amanda LaFrada. I am. I have sports history. Oh, I'm sorry. You go. This day in sports Lord history. have mercy. Okay. So, yesterday, I didn't know this was yesterday, but I'm going to pull this up. 15 years ago, yesterday, and I guess it still counts because this is the first week of college football, App State defeats Michigan at home at Michigan's home. In the big house, mm -hmm. and it was a wonderful day for everyone in sports. Yeah, I was. Uh, I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was trying to get to the Cal game, and oh, God, why? Uh, because Tennessee was playing Cal, oh, and okay. and uh, that was the really good receiver who went on to 
played really well in the NFL. Uh, he returned a punt, 69-yard punt uh, in that game. Beautiful setting. But I remember walking up there thinking, Amanda, imagine if you replaced all the alcohol at a typical tailgate with weed. That is what that fan base was like. Everybody was chill and having a good time. There was a oh, hippie. Cow? Yeah, cow. Oh, yeah, yeah duh. So there was a there, there was a hippie, like literally up in the tree protesting something. He was completely nude. So you look up, that's not a good view. And I took my wife to that game. We both looked up, but what's start- no groomed? I, I, I looked away too soon. I don't I don't want to know. Don't want to know. Just but that wondering. was that was the day of the Michigan upset because we we listened to it on the radio in. So what right, was he protesting? Sorry. I never found out. Okay. I just, was <laughs> it razors? Was it football? Well, Shannon, it had nothing to do with football. It was just a, it was, I guess it was like a political protest or maybe a campus protest. But maybe Shannon, he was PETA and he was protesting the use of the pigskins. Uh or bacon. Uh but ultimately uh, my wife did ask around. And yes, Trevor, I do like Cali. I can't help it. But it don't. My it's wife okay. asked around and she couldn't she couldn't find it. I understand why people don't like that. I mean it's just Well, did did you hear like they're they're trying to ban car like California's banning like gas powered cars or whatever. Just <laughs> they were going all electric in the in like 10 years or something like that. But then directly after was like, no one charge your electric cars. We're having power grid issues. I was like, this sounds like it's going to go real well. This is terrible. You would have been stunned by the percentage of electric cars that were out there. I wouldn't. I've I mean, been, I was in Cali a couple. Oh, okay. I mean, it. it yeah, I, I was pretty blown away. All right. We'll be with you at 830 on monday and we're looking forward to that caleb calhoun will join us again we'll get a breakdown of the weekend we'll have everything out there for you a lot of good games including that uh oregon georgia game two ranked teams um so that's i'm gonna do my picks too just gonna put out my picks picks now all right go no not right now I i was gonna put it out later today perfect uh she will win you some money she will that's Amanda LaFrada. I, I just don't gamble because I get too nervous. But if I did, I would do what Amanda said. So um, Trevor says, go Ducks. I don't think they have a chance, but we'll see. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. We'll see. You do think they have a chance. I like um, Trevor. Trevor and Amanda. Trevor just, and I are on the same wavelength here. Grooving. Grooving. Fly, duckies, fly. Think they are quack, quack quack quack. All right, have a fantastic Labor Day weekend, everyone. Oh wait, I have one question before we go. Sorry, I'm dragging yes. this out. So, if you're an Oregon fan and the Georgia fans bark at you, do you quack back? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to leave it on that note. I the mean. mic is getting dropped off the hook. Sports, nice line. 